Welcome to the Self-Explained Podcast. My name is Katie O'Donoghue. I am your host and relationship coach who is here to guide you into rewiring your patterns so that you can rewire your relationships and life. So this was a bit of an impromptu episode, but something that I think needs a bit of attention early on this season, especially when there has been a lot of talk about this buzzword narcissist. Um, It's been floating around a lot these days on social media, and I think it's been overused. And sometimes it's being used in a completely unjust way or unfair way. Maybe it's just me thinking this, but I also hold a belief that we shouldn't really be labeling someone a narcissist unless you're trained, you're a professional in the psychological industry who actually knows the criteria for what is a personality disorder. Now, obviously, there are some key traits that help us to identify potential narcissistic personality disorder, but you cannot say for sure someone is a narcissist, whether that's your ex, your boss, your parent, your friend, whoever it is, you can't actually label someone with that personality disorder unless you're some sort of a psychologist or working in the psychological industry yourself. But that's not my main reason for why I'm here today. It's definitely part of it because there's a lot of people out there saying things about someone in their life being a narcissist, but I'm not going to do an entire episode on narcissism because I also believe that everyone has narcissistic tendencies to some extent because our society is quite narcissistic at times. Now, I realize as I said that, that that actually might be quite triggering for some people, but we're, we're on a spectrum that shifts between empathy and narcissism and life experiences sometimes skew us in one direction more than the other where we might move from healthy narcissism into unhealthy narcissism or healthy empathy into unhealthy empathy depending on what you've gone through or depending on what's been role modeled to you um, in your family system or wider community, for example. So this is a reason why it's important to be self-reflective and to be curious on your life and to do your inner work and to maybe ask yourself how you might be showing narcissistic tendencies before pointing the finger at someone else or before labeling them with a personality disorder. So yeah, so tying into that, Something I've been reflecting on is this idea or belief that there are no toxic people in the world, but actually a lot of toxic patterns and unprocessed trauma. So I came up with a question that is the title of this episode, toxic partner or toxic pattern to get people thinking for themselves on this one. So maybe drop that down in a journal for yourself or slide open your phone if it's safe to do so and have a bit of a reflection on this whole concept you know do you believe that there is such a thing as a toxic person or is it just toxic patterns that have been role modeled and passed on to people as they grow up now I didn't always hold this belief until I started educating myself and understanding trauma and how life shapes people as they grow up so if you think about it this way Your patterns of behavior are either loving or unloving to yourself and to other people. 
They are either helpful or unhelpful to yourself and to other people. They are either toxic or not toxic to yourself and to other people. And the only way you're going to figure that out, you know, the only way that you're going to figure out what is loving versus what isn't, what is toxic versus what isn't, is by doing the work on yourself and by educating yourself on things like relationship dynamics, trauma, emotional health, or communication, for example. So based on what I've researched, on what I've been through, on what I come across quite a bit in my line of work, I've come up with a few key patterns to be mindful of in a relationship. Just ask yourself as we go along this episode, do you do them yourself? So don't have just an outward focus on your partner. Maybe take some responsibility through this episode and challenge yourself. Do you show any of these patterns yourself right now in the present or in the past? Maybe other relationships outside of the one you're currently in. And it's okay if you have. I want to really normalize this. This is not a time for judging or criticizing or blaming or shaming yourself, but a time for witnessing your patterns and taking ownership over them and making a conscious choice to not repeat them anymore if you discover that actually this is not something I want to continue to do. I'm going to take steps to make sure that I don't repeat this pattern anymore. So the other thing I want to say before I get into these patterns list that I've come up with is that these aren't the only toxic patterns to be mindful of. So it's not just limited to this list. And they don't just apply to romantic relationships either. So it could be a boss or a friend or a parent or um, someone in your circle that may be showing these patterns, um, including yourself. So these are just some of the common ones that I've put together that I would suggest you try to change or to set a boundary around if you want a relationship that functions, that feels good, that feels safe, that feels equal or connected even so notice and witness yourself or witness your relationships are they showing up in your relationships um what's in your control can you set a boundary or do you need to take responsibility for a pattern that may be yours maybe you want to have a conversation with the other person so if it's your partner make a commitment together to get rid of the toxic pattern from your relationship because it's the pattern that's the enemy that's causing the dysfunction it's not you or your partner being a toxic person it's this pattern that has just kind of been like a virus to your relationship and you want to get rid of it basically so you and your partner coming together you're both making a commitment and you're both saying in those moments that you actually value a loving relationship more than you value any of these patterns that I'm going to go into right now. So the first pattern that I put down on my list is um, number one, wanting to be right or wanting to win in fights or conflict. Now, the first reason why this is a toxic pattern is because when you insist on your way being the quote unquote right way, it means that you are indirectly communicating to your partner that they are quote unquote wrong. And when you insist on that, you are basically creating a barrier to intimacy in the relationship. And you're also indirectly blaming your partner 
And that's just not going to be helpful to you or to them. And I say that because it's actually quite dysfunctional, but also I've been on the receiving end of this one too many times and it just gets nasty as time goes on in the relationship. So if you're someone who needs to win or to be right, my question to you is, would you rather win and be right or be loved? Because the reality is you are fast tracking yourself to singlehood or to divorce by engaging in what is actually it's really about power and control in a relationship when you take the mentality of I'm right and you're wrong. So really think about what that does for your relationship and about what would change if you actually let go of that toxic pattern and maybe address your insecurities around people having a different way of being, of thinking or of doing to you because that's actually okay. And just because they think differently or do things differently or show up differently to you, it doesn't mean that your way of showing up or of doing things or of thinking is wrong. In fact, I would say get rid of the terms right and wrong altogether because they just skew people's thinking a lot of the time. But you can actually just get along together and acknowledge each other's views or ways or preferences of doing things in the relationship and commit to making an agreement between you of how to make things work despite the differences of doing things or of thinking or feeling. So what I'm trying to say here is that you can both coexist together. It doesn't make... um one person wrong and the other right or one person's view any less important than it does to the other person's really think about this pattern you know wanting to be right or wanting to win in fights or conflict like what does that actually mean for your relationship and what would change if you were to let go of it so my second kind of toxic pattern that I have come up with is criticizing or nagging your partner. So number two, criticizing or nagging your partner. This is basically a form of rejection when you do it. And no one likes to be rejected because everyone wants to be accepted and to be loved, especially when they are in a romantic relationship. And they want unconditional acceptance and love on that level. So think about it this way. If you wanted to feel good in a relationship or to feel loved or to feel accepted or if you wanted to be motivated to do something how would you like to be spoken to or how would you like someone to ask you to do something because I don't know about you but my experiences with criticism they have not made me feel good they have made me feel resentful They've made me question the relationship, to question myself, to feel low in my self-worth, to withdraw, to people please, to just not show up in a way that is functional in a relationship, basically. And I'm going to hold my hands up. I have no doubt that I have been liable to criticize in the past, too, because I actually believe that it's heavily role modeled to people in society. So pretty much everyone does this at some point in their life. Everyone has criticized or nagged someone at some point. And we also have this kind of tendency as well to criticize or nag other people if we do it to ourselves. So think about 
you know, do you do it to yourself first? And if you do, are you doing it to other people? Because this is like a norm. This is like a pattern for you. And it's a really hard pattern to shift sometimes. But being able to make a commitment to not do that to yourself, to changing the pattern in the relationship with yourself first will often set you up for success in changing that pattern in the relationship with someone else. So think about this nagging and criticizing of other people and what might actually be happening in your relationship if you continue to do it. Because I can tell you now, I've seen how it affects intimacy to the point where I've seen it create infidelities, separations, and explosive cycles of conflict where no one wins on that note. So no one wants to feel rejected. No one wants to feel like they're not good enough or like they're doing a quote-unquote bad job as a partner. So really notice if you do this in your relationship and make a personal commitment not to do it anymore. Or set a boundary with your partner if you notice that they're doing it to you and Maybe even communicate about what you would like more of to feel good in the relationship with them. The other side of this as well is if you are the partner who tends to criticize or nag um, your partner, think about what the positive intention is behind their actions or switch your focus. What can you appreciate about them instead of focusing on what they're not doing or doing right or doing perfectly or doing fast enough or good enough in your eyes. So switch your focus. Um, Maybe question if you're holding an expectation of your partner and whether that's a fair expectation to hold. Um, Your expectations are created on your past experiences, just like they're going to have expectations which are created from their past experiences too. So find alignment, I guess. Um, Even forget about the word expectations. I shouldn't have said it. (laughs) And think about preferences. You both have preferences of how you like things to be done or how you like to manage things or how you like to communicate things and find alignment between yourselves in the relationship and commit to creating new patterns between you. Now, my third kind of toxic pattern that I have written down here is, it might not be a common one, um, but it's a really important one. So not being able to say sorry or to recognize how your actions have contributed to the pain or dysfunction in a relationship. So if you can't say sorry, I'm putting a little bit of a call to action in here. Maybe go get support and understand why that's a challenge for you. Because saying sorry, being able to apologize and admit to how your actions have created pain or dysfunction in the relationship is actually a strength. And if you feel like you want to have a relationship that is more successful, more connected, or more loving, then being able to say sorry and being able to recognize how you co-create patterns is really, really important and a necessary skill. Now, what I want to say on this note is, you know, sometimes people can't say sorry or won't say sorry because if they do, it means that they have to take responsibility for their behaviors and for their choices. And if they do that, it also means that 
they need to make a change moving forward, which not a lot of people like to do because it requires effort and energy. But if someone says to you, I can't say sorry or I never say sorry in the nicest way possible right now, really consider if this is someone that you want to stay in a relationship with. Because if they don't take action and choose to get support to address that toxic pattern, because it is really toxic to your relationship, then it means that they're never going to be able to work through challenges with you or to take responsibility for their behavior or to recognize how their behavior might affect you or your feelings. So you're not going to feel safe or feel loved or feel good in the relationship with them if they can't say sorry, like, at all. Now, if for people who can't say sorry or won't say sorry, recognizing their toxic patterns or behaviors also means that they have to admit it's not you and it's them. And that's really, really painful for many people who struggle with saying sorry or apologizing. So I guess sometimes people who have that challenge as well, sometimes, and I'm saying this very, very, very loosely, sometimes they might have an inflated sense of self or a sense of entitlement where they see everyone else but them as the quote-unquote problem or issue. And I'm slipping this in here because this is a trait or sign of potential narcissistic personality disorder. So just a final note on that, um, on this whole idea of not being able to say sorry, be mindful of people who have a toxic pattern of saying things like, I'm sorry you feel that way, or I'm sorry I did X, but if you didn't do Y, then this never would have happened. So this is a conditional apology, and these are both examples where someone is still not taking responsibility for their behavior and actually is um, engaging in the blame game and a form of manipulation when they're actually still deflecting the attention away from them onto you, which can be a little bit of a gaslighting in a relationship. So be mindful of this and ask yourself, are they actually taking responsibility for their actions without quickly deflecting the conversation back to you? Are they remorseful and really apologetic for the pain that they have created and for how their behaviors may have affected you? And are they actually taking responsibility and making changes to their behavior so that this pattern in the relationship no longer repeats again? So there's just a few kind of questions to ask yourself. My fourth toxic pattern that I've written down is um, when they compare you to other people. So let's just dive into this. Common phrases that um, show up time and time again for some people is, well, everyone is doing it. Why can't you? Or most girls or guys do this. You're boring. You're no fun. Or... Um, well, my ex did this, so you should too. Or in my last relationship, I had this with my ex and they were willing to do that. So why can't you? Notice those phrases because they're a form of control. So this is dysfunctional in a relationship. This is a toxic pattern. 
practice is attacking your sense of self, attacking your character when someone actually compares you to other people or to past experiences with the intentions of maybe getting you to comply or to do what they want you to do, what they want you to do. Yeah. Um, so just notice this and make a commitment to stop this pattern for the sake of your happiness and your partner's Maybe set a boundary or speak up if you notice that this is happening in the relationship um, and it's coming from the other side. And if you can't do that by yourself, go get support to just do that and to build up your confidence so that you can be assertive and put an end to a toxic control pattern because that's really what it is. That's what comparison is. It's a toxic control pattern when it's used in a romantic relationship, especially. Now, my fifth um, toxic pattern. So having a bad temper or explosive emotions and not taking steps to uh, self-regulate or to gain more emotional control. So there's a lot to be said about emotional intelligence these days and learning to self-regulate and self-manage and self-soothe, especially when you hear of people losing it or snapping or breaking glasses or speeding up cars or punching walls or some other walls, <gasps> walls, punching walls or some other form of acting out behavior. So some if not most of that is actually considered abuse in a relationship so you actually become an abusive person when you lose emotional control and your behaviors become particularly violent especially around or toward other people so the toxic pattern is not being able to manage your emotions and you cannot blame someone else for your lack of emotional control. They are your feelings, so they are your responsibility. So phrases like, look how angry you've made me, or even if you're being questioned, you know, what did you do to make him or her so upset or so angry? Like, that is a form of blame. And that is people holding someone else responsible for the feelings of another person. And that's just not possible. Everyone is in control and in charge of their own feelings, especially as an adult. We can be mindful of how our behaviors might enable someone to choose to feel a certain way. But at the end of the day, it's their choice. They are choosing to feel that way and to respond or to react in that way. And you don't have control over that. Everyone has control over their own feelings, over their own emotions. So not having some sort of control or not being able to manage your emotions is a toxic pattern, especially when you are in a relationship with someone else where we need to be mindful of how we show up and how that might actually affect um, someone else when they're involved with us. Now, number six kind of bills on my number five toxic pattern so number six is not feeling safe to say no to assert your needs or wants or to speak about the challenging issues in the relationship so the toxic pattern is just not being able to speak up okay so this one builds on from my last point the and it's um toxic because it's a form of self-sabotage 
but it's also not helping you to have an authentic or connected relationship with the other person. So people pleasing and peacekeeping fall under this too. Your toxic patterns, they may have served you at some point in your life, but as an adult, they are toxic to you and to your relationship with another person. Now, this pattern, so not being able to speak up or people-pleasing or peacekeeping even, I actually believe this is sometimes activated and enabled by a partner who is explosive in their emotions, such as anger, or who does not have self-control when it comes to how they express themselves. So this can actually enable someone to not feel safe, to feel quite fearful or on edge, or like they're walking on eggshells in a relationship where they won't speak up or communicate, they won't assert their needs or wants, or talk about any issues in the relationship because they're afraid it's going to be met with a negative response or some form of acting out behavior. So often um, what can be quite a norm for this kind of a person in a relationship is they might be called traumatic or needy or too sensitive or too much. But the reality is... You need to be able to speak up and to speak up about your needs and your wants, just like this other person in the relationship. So you deserve to feel safe, to be able to set a boundary, to be able to talk about what feels off for you in the relationship without fearing that the other person is going to lose emotional control or without fearing that the relationship will end or that there will be some form of a negative consequence if you are actually to speak up in the relationship or if you were to actually speak up in a relationship I can't even speak right now (laughs) but you know sometimes like I say this other person in the relationship that could be activating your toxic pattern um, again this is your toxic pattern so it's up to you to make a commitment to change your pattern of relating in the relationship so That's all that I got for you for today. They're the six kind of patterns that I feel are uh, most important to be aware of right now. But as always, I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope this has increased your self-awareness or given you some sort of healing or new ways of thinking when it comes to patterns in relationships in general. And as always, I would be truly, truly grateful if you could give it a like, give it a rating, a review or a share because (laughs) I'm just by myself and I'm not the best promoter of any of (laughs) my things. So any kind of support is um, really appreciated. But other than that, I'm going to say have an amazing day or a good night's sleep wherever you are in the world. And I will catch you on the next episode. 